We're good. All right, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a thumbs up. Yeah, that's great. All right. Everybody, good morning. Praise the Lord. Wonderful to see you. Welcome to Faith Christian Church. Welcome back to Faith Christian Church. And not just back to Faith Christian Church. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We are moving forward in the Lord. So wonderful to see all of you this morning. I know that, uh, as I said, in, over the next couple of weeks, more of our people are going to be uh, coming back in. And we may end up having to get a bigger building by the time it's all done. And, you know, in my mind, it would have been worth all of it, all of the distraction over the past few months or so. You know, um, we're living in a time, obviously, I don't think there's ever been a time, there hasn't been upheaval, but it seems to come in waves, and right now there's some big waves flowing and uh, crashing on our shores. But um, our God is a rock. Our God is a rock. And uh, those that know him and have received him, he's put them up on that rock, and, and he is our stability in times of trouble. God wants you to meet your destiny. The scripture says in Revelation chapter 13, 8, speaking about uh, the Antichrist, and the Lamb's Book of Life, just little statement in here. I want to just, if I could lift it out of context, just to grab a thought um, and uh, then move into the message. And here's the statement out of Revelation 13, 8. And all the inhabitants of the earth will fall down in adoration and pay him, the Antichrist, homage. Everyone whose name has not been recorded in the book of the life of the lamb that was slain in sacrifice from the foundation of the world. The phrase that I want to lift out that I um, want to take as a, as a uh, beginning thought is that Jesus Christ was God, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was the Savior before there were ever sinners to save. And I just want that thought to marinate on your mind for a moment. Because when Jesus came into the world to save us of our sins, to heal us and to deliver us, it wasn't God fixing something that went wrong. It wasn't God uh, healing or putting back together something that broke. It was the Lord doing what he had planned to do before we were ever created. So God was Christ the lamb, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was the lamb before man was ever created and needed a savior. That is important for you to understand. Jesus, how can I say this? In his omnipresence, God is omnipresent both in time and in space. The past, the present, and the future he inhabits at all times just as he inhabits everything that is known to us dimensionally in space. Which means that from the very beginning, God has known everything. And all time is real to him. He's not waiting to see what you're going to do tomorrow or how things are going to turn out. He knows, but here's the mistake that a lot of people have made when they think about this. And I just want to get this little piece of theology out of the way so we can get to the message. But it's an important piece. And that is simply this, that even though God is omnipresent in time and that he was the, the lamb 
slain before the founding of the world, still God does not manipulate and control the outcome of people's lives, grabbing their will like a puppet master. Free will is exactly that, free will. And so God is constantly looking and drawing and pulling for us to accept our destiny. But listen to me this morning. You have a destiny. I don't know if you're living it or not. I don't know if you have come to the doorway and are looking in. I don't know if you've stepped in or stepped out. I don't know if you visit from time to time or if you're just full bore living your destiny. You see, when you're living the thing that God before the foundation of the world ordained for you to live, the person you're supposed to be, you still make mistakes. You still don't know what's going on half the time. But you are in the place that God has for you and, and uh, He has uh, ordained for you to walk in. So just understand, there is a destiny and the Lord wants you to meet that destiny. Um, Jesus was the Lamb of God prepared to save you, to heal you, to deliver you before there was a you to save, heal, and to deliver. And in Colossians chapter 1, I'll lift another statement out of uh, Paul writes, Christ, and he uses the word Christ, which indicates God who died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, the Messiah who came. Christ existed before anything was created, and through him, God created everything. Now listen to me. What he just said is absolutely stunning. He made everything through him. He made everything through the Lamb of God. It was through the lens of Jesus who would heal and lift us out of our sins that God created people who became sinners. God did not create mankind. Didn't make Adam and say, you're perfect. Don't change or else. So... When he made man, it was in the image of God the Savior that he made him. God who forgives, God who heals, God who restores. It was in that image that Adam was formed. So I want you to hear this this morning. God didn't design man after a divine pattern that could never survive the consequences of sin. God literally engineered into mankind the ability to rebound from death because we were made in the image of the one who died for our sins. We were fashioned, unlike angels or anything else God ever created, we were fashioned after God who laid his life down for the sin he knew would come, rose from the dead, rose from the penalty, overcame it, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who was dead and is alive. It was after that image that mankind was made. We have built into us an ability to rebound. We just can't rebound without Him. He is our rebound. He is our recovery, if you could say amen. Simply stated, you were designed to recover from the fall. Everybody in the world was designed after the first creation Mankind is designed to recover after the fall, but many people never receive that recovery. It's following them through their life. The Holy Spirit is dealing with them, but they never make the decision 
to find out who they really are. They never become really fully connected with who they are. They're living half a life as half a person. In Galatians, Paul makes a statement about himself. Now, we know that Paul was quite a character before he became the great apostle Paul that wrote the bulk of the New Testament epistles. And he was a persecutor of Christians. And he was a character. And looking back over his life, he says this in Galatians. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. And he went on to say, when he revealed himself to me, I didn't go consult with men. I didn't run into a church somewhere and say, tell me, is, is my experience authentic? He knew that that he had met the living God. And uh, everyone who gets saved and receives the Lord knows that. You don't need people to tell you. You know Jesus. That's right. You, you know that what you have is the real thing. So here's an amazing statement. Paul says, I was set apart from my mother's womb. Before I was even born, God had a purpose for my life. Now, you might be tempted to sit there and think, well, yes, that's right. He was special. He was the Apostle Paul. You're special. Everyone God has created, it was created in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. How more special can you, can you get? The lives we live differ. And the lives we live, you know, deg- uh, differ in degree of value. But the fact is, is that all of us are destined to know the Lord. Not everybody does because that's our free will. That's our decision that we make. But here is Paul living as the enemy of God. He's a despicable, self-righteous destroyer of lives. But the whole time he's living that life, thinking that he's doing the right thing, thinking he's being the right person, and he's really being a terrible person, and he's, he's just wrecking the purpose that God has for his life. The whole time... There is this other purpose and this other life that he's supposed to be living. How many of you remember back before you met Jesus and would say, I had a sense that there was another purpose following me. I felt like there was somewhere I was supposed to be. I felt like there was something I was supposed to do. I felt there was some something more about me and I just couldn't connect with it. Not everybody is sensitive and feels that, but a lot of people do. A lot of people are aware that that, that there's a destiny following them, and they don't understand it. And so the whole time Paul is living this life, he has this other purpose that's following him until one day God gets his attention, and he's knocked from his horse a blinding light and a voice speaking, And he figures out this is God. And he says, Lord, who are you? And the voice says, I am Jesus, who you've been persecuting. That had to have been a painful moment. But he met the Lord. And his true purpose, his true uh, um, destiny began that moment. 
That moment he connected with who he really was. And I'm sure over the next several days and weeks and probably for the rest of his life as he reflected and he looked back, he realized, no wonder I couldn't seem to get it together. Now I am complete. And the Bible says you are complete in Jesus. When you meet him, you really meet who you are. He reveals to you the man or the woman that God has always destined you to be. So while Paul is going through his life, living as an enemy of God, he's supposed to be something different. He's supposed to know the Lord and walk with him. The whole time, Jesus is following him. And finally, on that Damascus road, he, he says, I'm just going to have to wake this boy up. But Jesus was following him, and Jesus has been following you. Jesus has been following you all the days of your life. He's followed you into this house this morning. He followed you last night. He followed you last week. He has been following you. He is a pursuer of souls. The Bible calls him the bishop of souls. And he has been following you and waiting for you to pay attention, to pay attention to him, wanting to introduce himself to you and to introduce you to your destiny. You know, before you know Jesus, you never really know the person who you are. People all the time look in the mirror and have those moments in their life where they wonder, who am I? And how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands, could be maybe an embarrassing question, but it's one you need to think about. How many of you felt like, I just don't feel right within myself? I don't feel like, like I'm living solidly within this person that I am. A lot of people feel something like that. And the reason that happens is because before you meet Jesus, you never really meet yourself. There's never a certainty as to who you are. And what we do, and the reason we don't uh, feel those feelings or are aware of those things, is because we're, we have made ourselves busy living in the flesh. We simply live through our body. We live through our senses. We live through our emotions. We are kept distracted, simply living by what goes on around us in life. So people will live 15, 20, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60, sometimes their whole life, and they have spent their entire life allowing the circumstances that surrounded them through life to define who they are. When they think about their life, Looking back over the decades, they think about everything they've been through. They think about the relationships they've had, perhaps the families they've been in and out of, perhaps the successes they've had or the failures they've had. They think about the experiences that they've had in life when they try to think about themselves. But at some point, most people realize those experiences never tell you who you really are. And there's always that wondering, could I... Could I have had another purpose? Could I have been a different person? That sense within us doesn't happen to animals. It doesn't happen to other living things because God didn't make them in his image and likeness. You were designed to know him and you were built to recover and to rebound. And this is the day that the Lord wants you to wake up and to take hold of the person 
that God has called you to be. You know, everyone who received Jesus knows what eternal life feels like. Throughout the scripture, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and more abundantly, I've come to give you eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is not something that starts after your mortal life or your life in your body ends. So your life in your body ends, you rise up like in the movies, you know, off the gurney in the emergency room and you're floating up, you say goodbye to the nurses and doctors and you float off with the angels somewhere and uh, you start your eternal life. Um, that, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the Sunday school version, if you will, of eternal life, but that's really not what, what the Bible teaches. Eternal life is the life that existed in God before the world was ever formed. And when God, because God is love, God was not going to spend eternity alone. And so God poured himself out into a creation. And then he made a gigantic terrarium called the universe, that he could put us in. And in creating us, he set us free to be whatever we wanted to be. And we scattered, boy. We ran off and became all kinds of things. But some come home. But we've been a lost race, a lost people, scattered and running, running through life, trying to figure out who we are. So God, when the Bible says he sent his son, what that means is that God himself came, described himself as the son because he wanted to give himself to us as the son of man, as our son. God becoming the son is God offering himself to us, offering a rebound, offering a reboot, offering to connect us with our destiny and who we are. You see, the Lord made you and I. He made this wonderful human race to have fellowship with himself and the life that he used to animate us, that he first breathed into that rolled up lump of clay called Adam. And the Bible says Adam became a living soul, was his own spirit. The Holy Spirit jump-started, hallelujah, the human race. Our life came from him. That life was the life of Jesus who hung on the cross. You say, well, that didn't even happen yet. You're talking history. You're talking time continuum. You're talking, you know, the progression of years. God lives in eternity. He's not bound by time. So he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If in the heart of God he said, I am going to save and bring my people back, then in God it was already done. God calls those things that be not as though they were. In Christ it's already done. And so that's what that scripture means, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Every Christian who receives Jesus knows that sense of eternal life. Because when eternal life comes into you, that feeling of I'm alone, half blind, rolling through life, trying to figure out what's coming next, hope I'm doing a good job, that leaves and you never feel alone again, not a single day in your life. For the rest of your life, you know you're not alone. You know that you're, you're connected with the living God, with a love that loves you more and is so faithful, will be so faithful to you. No human love can be that good, that faithful, but your Father loves you with that eternal and wonderful love. And so you realize who you are in His eyes, and you live with that life. 
Every Christian knows that. And sometimes Christians, when they, they, they start dropping off in fellowship with God, they're not praying, they're not fellowshipping with the Lord, they're not getting in the Word, they lose touch with that. And, um, you know, they let that kind of go dim, but it never leaves. That life never leaves. It stays there. That's why we stir ourselves up. We get back in fellowship with the Lord, and that stirs back up again. There's always that purpose and that destiny that the Lord rekindles within us. Can you say amen? amen. So in Galatians chapter 4, there's another statement I'd like to bring to you, and uh, it's also from the Apostle Paul, who said, Because you are sons... When you receive him, you become God's child. Uh, that's why God came as a son, so that you, by receiving him, could have sonship. Because you are sons, or because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Now, we don't use the word Abba anymore, but it, in our language, it's the word Daddy or Dad. It's that intimate expression of a father who loves you and you are, you are receiving that hug and you are responding to him. So God has sent the spirit of his son into your heart crying, Dad, Abba, Father. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, the first words from his mouth were when he turned and Mary saw him and she fell down and grabbed him by, by the ankles. He said, don't, don't restrain me. He, he really wasn't saying, don't touch me. He was saying, don't hold me back. Don't restrain me, for I've not yet ascended up. But go tell my brothers that I ascend to my God and your God, to my Father and your Father. First words out of his mouth, God is now your Father. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So let's take all this and distill it down into something practical. Because these are powerful ideas, they're powerful thoughts. What does this mean for you right now? This means that your salvation predated your fall. God set aside salvation for you before you ever fell. Your help, are you in some kind of trouble? Whatever's going on in your life, the help that we need, your help preceded your need. Before you ever had the need, the help was reaching out for you and following you through your life. Have you ever missed a shot? Have you ever tried something? Have you ever started a relationship? Have you ever committed to something? Have you ever set your mind or made up your mind, <clears throat> I'm going to be this way, I'm going to do these things, and you fall short, and you try again and you fall short? Have you ever missed those shots? Before you ever missed your shot, God provided your rebound. Everything to pick you up and put you back on your feet. God provided it. It already exists. And he has been following you. And he has been trying to get your attention. He's been trying to introduce you to yourself. He's been trying to connect you with the life you were always intended to have. So when you receive him, when you receive Jesus as Savior... And Lord, you meet your destiny. And you, when you inherit Jesus, you inherit all that you were designed for. You think you're a pretty spectacular person, and you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know all of you to one degree or another, and you are spectacular people. Awesome and wonderful people. 
but the half hasn't even yet been told. The half of what you are capable of, of what God has ordained for you, and how he wants to show his glory through you, hasn't happened yet. And some of you, <coughs> some of you, the clock's been running. <coughs> and that's right, it never stops, just keeps going. And I know that you are <coughs> tempted to think, I'm past my time. We get past our 20s, past our 30s, even our 40s, whatever. I'm stopping there. I'm not going to go any further. And we think we've passed the time. We think, well, <clears throat> whatever I could have been, I should have started back then. Whatever I've, we think our life begins with graduation. We think our life begins with uh, finishing training. We think our life begins with choosing the right mate. We think our life begins with committing ourselves to the right sort of path and program in life, and then you, we go out and be who we're supposed to be and live that life. But let me tell you, there are millions of people who by that standard have lived four and five lives. They've stopped and started, stopped and started a bunch of times, and they're in their 60s and 70 years old. They haven't gotten saved, and finally they realize that it's been the Lord the whole time that's been trying to reach them. Some people wake up and start their life at 80 years old and realize who they are and then go out and do awesome and fantastic things. And so I just want to tell you this morning that whatever you've done up till now, if you're a Christian and you've been walking with the Lord, isn't that wonderful? But uh, the half of your destiny has not even begun to unfold Everything that you need, the healing, the help, the deliverance, the companionship was all provided and you were made after that image and likeness before you were ever, ever a failure in life. And so the Lord has baked into your design a recovery and a rebound and you need to meet your destiny today. Our altar call this morning involves two questions. The first question is for those that this morning don't know, and I'm not just speaking to our, our relatively small uh, uh, audience that we have in the church sanctuary this morning, but to the broader audience that is watching and listening on, the, uh, on social media. And so I don't know everyone who is out there, but I do know this. I know that many that are there listening to this message don't know who they really are. You've never met your destiny. And so the first question to you is, are you willing to ask God to reveal Jesus to you? If Jesus is the Savior whose life was laid down from the foundation of the world, and that God, like I've said this morning, if it's all true and God has laid up for you that deliverance, then that healing, and that's for you, are you willing to ask God to reveal Jesus to you? That's a fair question. Do you know, there are a lot of people that are not ready to just jump on and say, oh, I'm ready to receive Jesus. They're not sure he's real. So God, are you real? That's the first question. And I'm going to pose that to you and ask you to take a moment, get serious with yourself, and decide whether you're going to say yes 
I'm willing to ask God, what does it cost you? Just ask him, Jesus, are you real? Show me. He knows how to talk to you. He knows how to connect with your heart. The second question is, are you ready right now to receive him? You might have been listening and thinking about this message and thinking, you know what? I know that my life has been following me through my living and I need to receive him. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in and I will fellowship and we'll be together forever and you'll be who you're supposed to be. People think Christianity is about doing what you're supposed to do. But Christianity is really about being who you're supposed to be. God didn't make you to do things. He made you to be somebody. All that you do is simply an extension of who you are. Paul said in Ephesians that we should be to the praise of his glory. It's not running around and doing things that God will be proud of. It's receiving his love. And you can't receive that love and receive that life without receiving the Prince of Life. That's who Jesus is. He is the eternal life of God spoken to you and he's speaking to you this morning. Are you willing to hear him and let him